is the Rising Sisterhood Podcast, where we're on a mission to create a movement of success for women globally so they can be celebrated, empowered, and decide to rise regardless of the circumstance. I know you're here to be inspired by bold women courageously sharing their stories of overcoming fear and listening to intuition. So together we can amplify our voices. Today, I invite you to join our sisterhood and rise with us. I am so excited to chat with Allison today, who is an author in the second installment of our Rising Sisterhood book. Allison empowers girls to live life fully, intentionally, and courageously. And she does this through her work as a nonprofit CEO, as a leadership consultant, and as a speaker, writer, and author. Her zest for adventure has shaped her path from Royal Canada through cities of London, Mumbai, Toronto, among others, while eventually landing in America with her family. And she's looking forward to just sharing her stories with you here on the podcast, through our Rising Sister book, and through her many upcoming books. I just, I'm seeing into the future to know that it's coming down the pipeline. So again, thank you, Allison, for taking some time to be here with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. And it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Awesome. So you, you may or may not have read Allison's chapter yet. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what she shares. So her chapter is titled Courage, and she's sharing these details of her life, her life, her fear, and what made her believe it was possible to overcome these fears. And she's sharing this really relatable story that I want her to share some more details with you about. But it really kind of encompasses this idea that um, we build up fears in our minds who are like, they look like obstacles and challenges, but we really can overcome anything. And she kind of walks through the process of how she got there so that we can all be inspired to do that ourselves, whether or not you're experiencing the same sort of fear Allison did or something similar. So Allison, why don't you tell us a little bit about the story that you shared in this chapter? Uh, Absolutely. So I was afraid to drive. So driving is something that pretty much, um, especially in America and definitely in the Western New York community I live in, something that is considered an adult skill that you're going to get. It's taken for granted that everyone will drive. And in my community where there's very limited public transportation, it's a necessity if you want to be able to work um, and get to other places outside of your house. So after two traumatic accidents, one was uh, my mother was hit head on by a drunk driver when I was 19. um, And she did survive that. Um, She's passed now, but she survived the accident. uh, But it was really traumatic seeing her go through it and uh, definitely brought to life how dangerous driving can be. Um, And then Um, Also, I had a hang gliding accident where even though that wasn't related to driving because it crushed parts of my face, um, compounded with seeing what happened to my mom, she had similar face injuries. I just, anything that I imagined hitting my face, I was seeing windshields smashing, imagining my face going into the um, steering wheel. I just developed a phobia around driving. And um, I'd already been a reluctant driver and was living in big cities of London and Toronto. So I didn't need to drive and just decided, you know what, it's just not something I'm going to do. So in, in the chapter, I just talk about how when I was 32 years old, living in a small town, suburb in America with no transportation and broke and out of work 
Um, my husband was out of work. It basically came down to me getting over this so that um, I could uh, find a job, get to work. Um, and it really just details when I look back. Um, today, I'm a CEO of a nonprofit, Girl Scouts of Western New York. And I just think back on, I've, I've had to drive in every job I've ever had since um, overcoming this when I was 32. And something as small as driving could be the thing holding you back. So it's really at the time, I kept looking at it like, well, I shouldn't even have to drive. They should just have public transportation. I really put it aside myself and just thought there's no way I could ever do this. And it was, I just had to accept that. And when I look back, if I had not overcome it, um, all of the different opportunities that have opened in my life, I wouldn't have. Um, and so I really wanted to share that with other people to let them know, like, if you have an obstacle, even if for you, it feels insurmountable um, and you think everyone else can do it and I can't, um, it, it really is worth checking in with yourself and finding out what is motivating you and what's causing you to not want to overcome this and then just getting that courage to go for it. I love that because I know there's other people out there who have had that same phobia, that same fear. Um, but even if you haven't had that specific one, there are other things that we are scared of or that we perceive as an obstacle. What would you say is like, the number one tactic or the number one thing that you would encourage somebody who could be seeing this as an obstacle to take a, a tactical step forward to overcoming it? Yes. Um, so I shared that I, once I was really clear, this was something I actually wanted to do and didn't have to do. And I think that's really key. It was something I really now wanted to do. I did a lot of positive visualization and I had a mentor and I mentioned her in the book. Um, she's uh, a Penguin Random House author, Marilyn um, Janae. When I um, really got serious about wanting to do this, I used her techniques, which I had been taking lessons for prosperity. It was not related to this, but it was very similar where you focus on what you want, not what you don't want. And all I was seeing was an accident. So I started imagining arriving safely on the other side. I started imagining a peaceful journey. I started seeing myself confident in the seat um, and shifting my focus that way I could be calm. And once I was calm, I could actually learn, relearn to drive, take those first steps. So I think just shifting, um, if you're focused on the fear is getting your mind focused on the outcome you do want, not the one you don't. And it does take a lot of training and it might take a therapist, um, a professional guide to do that. Um, but I, I think that was really the first step for me. I think that's really important. I have used the, that kind of like positive visualization in my life. Just like I had a, not a similar fear, but like, I really don't enjoy flying. I don't enjoy it, but I have mm -hmm. to do it. But my fear is not around what happens on the flight. It's what happens if something goes wrong with the flight and then mm -hmm. I'm not be like, I'm not around for my children. Mm -hmm. So I get a lot of anxiety, but I do that when I'm sitting on the plane. Like I, I see like we're taking off good. Like we get, so it's definitely so powerful for me. It calms my anxiety for you. It helped you overcome this significant obstacle, which I think is just amazing. And this tactic, anybody can do like, it's not something that costs money. It's absolutely free. Mm -hmm. You yes. can put it into practice today for sure. Absolutely. So Allison, you've gone through life. 
you've had many years living here on this earth and you decided to share this one particular story to encourage others who are reading the book. What prompted you to choose this story over another story or another situation in your life? Yes, that's a great question, Amy. Um, Earlier this year, when I had uh, made a goal to become a writer again um, after 20 years, and I was so fortunate to meet you during this process and all the other co-authors, I had outlined, uh, I realized that like, um, if I looked back my whole life, so I took an exercise that said to imagine anything you want to share as a tree. And if you had enough branches, then you had a book. Otherwise, maybe it's a blog or a social media post. And I just had a ton of branches. And one of them was this story. And I realized that it was so simple. Like, it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, way back, I used to be afraid to drive. Yeah. Um, but I realized it was, um, even though it wasn't like an earth shattering story, uh, revealing tons of internal things about me, it was just something that, um, that really uh, evoked like a very vulnerable time in my life where, I, you know, where I'm being unemployed and not able to, to drive anywhere and get anywhere. And like um, that I was embarrassed about that. It was holding me back. Um, and it was something that was all in my head. Like nobody was telling me I couldn't drive or, or causing that for me. And it was something I overcame. So when I looked at it, I thought, you know, this may be a little different than what um, other people may be sharing, but I really felt like it was a really uh, huge moment in my life. And something I share in the book too was um, my mother was, um, she passed away from cancer that same year. And when she was sick and she was living up in Canada and I was in Buffalo, um, I just remember this one time I drove home and I had I had gotten that new job that I talked about in the book and I had gotten financing for a car, bought my first car at 32. And I drove home a couple months before she passed away. And when she saw me with a job and driving, it was like she felt her work was done as my mom. So she was, my 32 year old daughter is now driving. She has a car. She has a job. I'm good. And I just remember at the time, I didn't know she was going to pass away so suddenly, but she just said to me like, oh, this is so great. And I have a picture of me standing in front of my car at her house. Um, And so when I did lose her that year, even though that was really tough, there was a part of me that thought, wow, like I know at least she wasn't worried about me anymore. And she had been very worried about me for a couple of years, knowing I was living in America and not able to drive and out of work. Um, so that was a really big thing for me. So that, that was really why I thought about this one. There, there were definitely others I could have shared, but I felt that this was very clear in my mind as, as something that I thought other people could learn from this. Well, I absolutely love that you shared this story. When I read the story the first time, when there's like this pinnacle moment, I'm not going to spoil it for the reader, but there's this pinnacle moment. And I found myself like clapping, like, oh yes, like, <laughs> like cheering on the other side. Um, so I'm definitely glad that you, this was clear in your head. I think it's profound, even though there's maybe not like it's different than other stories that are in the book. It's still profound. And I'm still so thankful that you decided this is the vehicle that you are sharing that story with. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sometimes I can do this. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you our signature question, Allison. So I hope you're ready. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, and it's metaphorically speaking, um, and getting this message out to millions or billions of people, what is it going to say? Yes, that that's such a 
a great question too. And I realized like I was trying to tie it into my story in the book, but I think like, honestly, if there was one message I wanted anyone to know, it's just that you're needed here. Like we need you. And I, I think sometimes people forget like how they're, how much they're loved and needed and counted on. And I think in the last two years, people, you know, have gone through every spectrum of emotion um, and isolation and depression and all of those things. And so I think I just want people to know that you're, you matter. I don't know if maybe even that's the way to do it, but you're needed. We need you and your gifts are needed. So however profoundly I could say that something like today, you are needed here. Yes. I like that. We want you. (laughs) We combined all of the thoughts into one place. I think it works perfectly. Um, And it's so aligned with just the overall mission of the Rising Sisterhood. So I love that Mm -hmm. as well. And it's the perfect length for like a billboard on the side of the road where someone is driving. So, yes. <laughs> or, or if, if people are driving and I wanted to tie it to my book, it could be, I mean, my chapter, then it, it could just be um, like uh, you, you are, you will arrive safely. There you go. Yes. I could have used that one. Yes. And that has so many different meanings depending on how you're reading it and perceiving that um, that message. Well, thank you so much again, Allison, for joining us today, joining us as part of the book two of The Rising Sisterhood and for sharing this story, sharing more about yourself and, and standing and stepping into this power and grace that you're sharing with all of us. We absolutely adore you and thank you again. Remember, if you haven't purchased your book, you can do that by going to the rising sisterhoodbook.com backslash purchase and all proceeds from the book will be donated to Girls Inc. Be sure to listen again next week for another interview with another author. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Rising Sisterhood podcast today. Be sure to visit our website, therisingsisterhoodbook.com to learn more about our Rising Sisterhood movement and how you can also become a co-author in our next collaborative book. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, you may want to check out our latest book on Amazon. Just go to therisingsisterhoodbook.com backslash purchase to be directed to the Amazon checkout page. We appreciate your support. And remember, our sisterhood sees you. If you've ever felt invisible, this movement is for you. We see you. You matter.